0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all it is the nfc east mixtape volume 140 you can listen to this show wherever you get your nfc east blog podcast across the Nation network you can also watch this show on the bleeding green nation youtube channel or the blogging the boys youtube channel where if you do you will see the dejected look of one brandon lee gotten from bleeding green nation and the still sort of sick look from myself rjo Chubb from blogging the boys although blg as i understand it you're a little bit under the weather yourself hope you're feeling better
2: thanks RJ yeah I mean you might be able to hear it in my voice um you know I, I forge on the mental fortitude it takes to podcast you know what an incredible feat um not COVID so that's good as a COVID test you know I guess I guess that's a good thing but yeah um my head hurts my voice doesn't sound great here I am the Eagles lost to the 49ers the true champion of the NFC East this year is not the Cowboys, it's I mean, not the Eagles, some... it's not the Commanders, it's not the Giants, it is the 49ers.
1: Um, look, I have been deathly afraid of the 49ers for a very long time, um, and I think, um, I think you maybe understand why a little bit now, we obviously have a lot to get to, um, I do want to offer, because I think we were, we were kind of talking about before we started, um, that a lot of people are sick. And I've obviously been sick for like a month at this point. I actually um You've you, you men-
2: Yeah. just yeah, well, life now.
1: You you mentioned that you started feeling sick right before the Niners game. I actually yeah. started feeling sick the day before the Cowboys were in Philadelphia. That's like when mm. this kind of started for me. Um, but so like I've gone through all sorts of treatments and like recommendations from people what's your like you're feeling down you're down in the dumps from a sickness standpoint not because the eagles got embarrassed. um so like what's your go to move soup meal drink you know bowl ice cream what is it
2: yeah you touched on that there i mean i actually did not feel as bad as i usually would after a loss funny enough in terms of like related to the game obviously Mm. physically sick yes that is that's making me feel way worse um, you know, definitely a chicken noodle soup. I've talked, we've talked about that. Oh, that's it's right, basic, but it works. Uh, I like a tea as well, a nice, a hot tea can be, I think, relaxing and nice, especially if obviously you're having like some kind of throat thing, which I'm i'm not, thankfully, at least knock on wood at this point. But uh, I don't know, no one cares.
1: Um, wow. Um, I saw on Reddit, it was the first time since the launch of the New Heights podcast between the Kelsey brothers that they both lost in the same week. Did you know this? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, that does make sense to me i believe yeah it. it was kind of funny like it was one of those like obvious but still like oh cool like i hadn't totally realized that um so there's a lot to unpack we do have to go in divisional order uh which is on the Starting line. with the 49ers th- well um that that is on the line this week and by the way before we get into everything we should mention at the very top that this is the first of two nfc east mixtapes this week uh if you're watching you can see wow. uh, our banner at the bottom here but we will have a live show for you on thursday evening uh in parallel with Thursday night football. Coincidentally, Brandon, um, the last time we did this, uh, it was in parallel with the Pittsburgh Steelers Thursday night football game, just like it will be this week.
2: Why are the Steelers on Thursday night football twice? Who well is- it's
1: because we're talking about partly the Eagles. And at one point in time the Steelers and the Eagles were the same team. They called themselves the <laughs> Steagles. Nobody knows this. It has to be shoved down our throats at every opportunity.
2: My head hurts so much and that <laughs> makes it
1: so much worse. <laughs> um yeah so live show this Thursday evening um we'll do all I would say not all but most of our previewing for Sunday's Cowboys Eagles game in that episode this um you know these are always interesting weeks around here uh so this will be more of a look back at what happened obviously um on Sunday afternoon and so we do go in divisional order as mentioned that means we start with the Philadelphia Eagles who Brandon got humiliated on Sunday afternoon 42 to 19 the final score I saw one Eagles content creator tweet out the score of this game and the score of the Niners Cowboys game. That's right. It's uh, some sort of flex that the Eagles oh, scored no, I nine more I mean, points. Mean, obviously, uh, it's not because because their head coach kept them in in garbage time, even after the quarterback was in concussion protocol. That's and DeAndre, DeAndre Swift that. got sent into another dimension. Um, This was a th- I mean, a lot of people. It's uh, not why I tweeted those scores. A lot of people thought this was possible maybe uh that that even might be a strong word but um there was a lot of discussion about how the Niners were three-point favorites in Philadelphia you yourself said I love that bring it on etc etc and you know I'm a I'm a big believer in it is badass when in sports somebody can call their shot and prove it like Debo Samuel did I know it's annoying when you're on your end of it right now uh but this was the Niners like cashing every check that they wrote in essence
2: they earned the right. No doubt to cast um to, to they, they backed up their trash talk, just like the Eagles winning against the Chiefs, though, a couple of weeks ago. It's not like, OK, the Eagles won the Super Bowl retroactively. Now, the 49ers uh-huh. did, in fact, not actually uh-huh. retroactively win the NFC championship game just because they won this game just uh-huh. for the record. Uh, in any case, though, um, yeah, nothing bad to say about the 49ers. They dominated. Oh, but, oh,
1: this, this was, you said Dom, and there was an interruption in this game by somebody named Dom, and there's an interruption on the mixtape by somebody named Rob Stats Guerrero! I... You just stole my bit. <laughs> Stats, welcome to the mixtape. And also, I asked that, bro, if this was going to a...
3: happen, so I saw this coming. To be fair, when you asked me, RJ had not asked me to appear on this show. I, I figured that
2: he still might afterwards. I did not like rule it out that you were not going to come on just because I mean, obviously he's going to do it because I did the same thing to you. And that's, and just enough, like, enough RJ said,
3: drop, kick just, him. go off. Kane. When you say kick? you have nothing bad to say about the 49ers, what bad could there possibly be to say? That would be my question to you. I mean, I exactly. Right. That's my point. I, well, I'm not right. arguing okay. with you. What's the point well, yeah, of contention? That's as long as we're clear. And I agree. This doesn't mean anything about last year. There's, a, there's nothing we could change about last year. But it does mean that the, in the two games the 49ers have faced against the biggest, baddest competition in the NFC, they have dusted yep. the competition. 84 points in those games. and This game was comically bad. I mean, the Niners put up 462 yards of offense in three quarters. It was, they were unstoppable on Sunday. And I have said it, when they play their best, nobody is beating them. Nobody.
2: They are the eighth best team through 12 games by dvoa i saw that today from football well ftn fantasy formerly football outsiders so yeah i mean it was weird too because the eagles got off to like a good-ish start um they outcanned the 49ers like what 124 to negative like six yeah whatever the, it was, the yeah. first two drives so it was like oh maybe the eagles are gonna like you know like they were encouraging early signs other than obviously the Eagles settling for two field goals. That certainly did not feel good. I did not feel good about that when they were only up six zero. And then from there, just, it wasn't a game. It looked like it might've been a game when that sideline accident incident, whatever you want to call it it accident. Um, not accident. It it looked like, you know, Oh, that might be like a rallying point, but then the 49ers just responded with the third or fourth of their six straight consecutive touchdown drive. So yeah. Um, and that's, that's what a great team does there. It looks like it was going to, I'll let you go stats, but it's like a great team, you know, has the, the game looks like it's in the balance and they just shut the door.
3: I thought the biggest play of the game actually cave on. So the Eagles score following the whole incident with big Dom and it's a one score game. It's 21, 13 at that point. point, first mm-hmm. play of that Niners possession, Brock Purdy gets sacked and the crowd is going nuts, right? This is like, here we go. It's third and seven. Crowd's going crazy. Niners go three and out there. They kick back to the Eagles. It's like, oh my God, here comes Philly. Here comes the big comeback. And instead, Brock Purdy drops back, scans, goes left to right, throws from the outside hash mark all the way across the field to Brandon Ayuk on a comeback for a little bit. He beat Darius Slay, I believe, right? Mm hmm. And that was massive. Two plays later, Debo has the 48-yard touchdown, and it's a two-score game again. But that third down, I thought, was underrated in terms of how important it was for the Niners.
2: Well, that one, and also the one on the the first convert, they had only had negative plays until the one on, well, it was actually a second down pass from Purdy to Ayuk that set up a third and short, and then they converted that, and that was the 49ers' first touchdown drive. Also surrendered by big play Slay. So, (laughs) um, Yeah.
1: To be I fair, were big plays. I would offer, um, on the flip side of things, like if we're talking about maybe not big plays, but like seismic plays, The Jalen Hurts slip on third down. Like, yep. like when, when he was, you know, it, it just felt like, oh my gosh, something's going to break open. Something's going to, like it's, a, it's about to work out. And to just kind of slip and fall and then have to settle uh, really kind of felt like, man, they are missing the chance to take advantage of San Francisco not
3: finding themselves. Stats, you seem like you have something you want to say. What was that? Uh, he's sitting there directing traffic and he just falls down i mean to get sacked by javon kinlaw you basically have to just fall down
2: i mean i'm not excusing it it was a terrible play it did rain so i'm guessing that i guess it was a wet field but you can't fall there i mean that's a terrible play it can't happen why that the field is now a concern again
3: yeah it's interesting um i mean i
2: I think that's why he fell but i'm not saying it's excusable i'm just you're looking for a reason i think that's how it happened
3: i could be wrong correct me if i'm wrong here bog but I only counted one quarterback draw from Jalen Hurts in the game, and it actually came – it was the first play after the whole sideline interaction. They tried to run a quarterback draw with Hurts in the red zone, and it got stopped for either negative play or no gain. I was really expecting them to do that more, and I was worried about it. And it just seemed like, for whatever reason, there were not a ton of designed runs for Jalen Hurts in the game plan.
2: Yeah, I mean, his health has been a thing all year in terms of not – he's just totally – not the same player he was last year in terms of running ability and health and everything. So I guess that's part of it. I did not expect him to have a big game on the ground as RJ can attest to. I took the under for our DraftKings same game parlay that um, failed to hit because Steven started to let us down once again. Uh, (laughs) Although I guess he he has been doing better than you stats because we actually hit some this year. We've hit yeah. I don't don't know
1: if you know that stats. We hit two in a row um, prior to the Black Friday game and after going
2: um, for what 20 or whatever it was last year. (laughs)
1: And, um, and Steven had, um, was it was, it was the over on Brees hall receiving yards in that game. And it was like 25 and a half and he had like 24 yards. It was like painfully close. And then, um, last week, as mentioned, Brandon took the under on Hertz. I think it was like 44 and a half rushing yards. I want to say, um, and I took the Niners race to 10. So we both hit Steven took AJ Brown, anytime score. Uh, but you know, Charverius ward said not today, not in my house.
3: Boom. It was it was (laughs) stunning to me what the 49ers did in that game. I mean, six straight touchdowns. They hadn't done that as a team since 1992 So we're talking 31 years pretty much since that happened. It was it was a destruction. And honestly, like I've had a lot of Eagles fans up in my mentions talking about, you know, well, we'll see you in the NFC championship game. And all I want to know is like, are you sure you're gonna be there? We'll be there. Are you sure you're gonna be there? That's what I wanna know.
1: Well, Stats, actually, let me ask you a question. Um, I don't know if that was a question to Brandon or just like a spit in the face. Um, I'd be fine with it either way. By the way, how'd that 92 season end? Anyway, um, you have thrown a lot of flowers and understandably so in the direction of the Eagles. Um, You've said before, like they're a machine, they're unflappable, that's the exact word you've used. Has your opinion changed on the Eagles as a result of this game, at least as it relates to a matchup against San Francisco specifically, but maybe in the overall, I don't know if you're just being silly. I mean, obviously they're a talented team, but, you know, do you believe they're unquestionably the second best team in the NFC if they're behind San Francisco?
3: Unquestionably, no. I mean, I'll I'll feel differently after this Cowboys game this week coming up. I would say this about the Eagles and my opinion on them. Remember that movie Happy Gilmore? when he's a terrible putter that movie that yeah. no one's heard of I was <laughs> hey, why do you say like that movie yeah like, like you were referencing something obscure <laughs> it's pretty old by now i'm just saying but anyway he's a terrible putter if you don't know and then he makes a hole in one on a par four and he's walking down the course and he's like man that's so much easier than putting i feel like that's how the 49ers mm. solved the eagles unflappability just be up by multiple scores in the fourth quarter and then they can't possibly come back it, the tighter that game was, the more nervous I was. And so the Niners kind of took that that card away from them because they weren't close enough in the game to be able to pull it out at the end.
2: I do wonder, like, I don't I don't think the Eagles win that game just because, like, if they, let's say they score at least one touchdown, one of those first two drives. But I do wonder if it changes, like, the vibe or the flow of things at all. Uh, maybe not. I just, I, I wonder. I wonder about that alternate world. Um, I do want to ask you a question stats because I don't think this is, like, the only reason they lost the game. But I also do not think it's irrelevant that the Eagles had this rest disadvantage, which was significant coming from, well, you play in a short week against the Bills. I'm not saying this is like you have to lose because of this, but it is inarguably a disadvantage. Now you have to overcome these disadvantages, but they went from Monday to Sunday against the Bills and then played overtime against them. The defense played like 90 something snaps between Mm -hmm. the Chiefs and the Bills game. The defense played literally the equivalent of like three games. So not great. And then have to face the 49ers who are coming off the mini buy, not great. And then the Cowboys this week, mini buy, not great. Um, but I know you had mentioned stats on Twitter that the 49ers have actually had a significant rest, the, the biggest rest disadvantage in the NFL this year, according to um, Warren Sharpe's charting. Now, I will say, do you know? I mean, I've been meaning to ask you offline how that was spread out. I'm genuinely asking because for the Eagles, it's obviously all stacked together here against like the most important games of the year. So that's not ideal. Is (laughs) that the same for the
3: 49ers or is that different? So they play five games this season with a rest disadvantage. That was the most in the NFL. Uh, I know the Eagles were talking a lot about, you know, they played three games in what was it? 14 days, something like that. 13, the Niners played three games in 15 days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, i'm just saying it was i think it was a factor yes and i think you saw that in kyle shanahan's game plan basically it was make them chase us yeah we saw they couldn't
2: tackle their tackling was like worse than it's ever been they defense just they could defense couldn't get a stop after the first two drives they look gassed again i'm not saying it's like the reason they lost but it definitely
1: it was not an insignificant factor just to be clear like for literal sake because i get mad about this when people complain cowboys fans complain about the like going from Sunday to Thanksgiving to Thursday after um, every NFL team plays three games in 14 days, like conventionally when you go Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. So like, you know, the idea that like one day is like this seismic difference is whatever. But to your point, Brandon, um, the Thanksgiving day teams, because that's where the Niners were coming off of the mm-hmm. Lions won in week 13, the Packers beat the Chiefs, obviously on Sunday night football, the Cowboys and Seahawks had a bit of a push, obviously, because they were both playing in that game, right. uh, The commanders <laughs> lost because they stink. And the 49ers <laughs> obviously won. So
3: yeah, and I think it has to be a factor. I was talking about it all week. These people are human beings. And to be on the field for an hour and 12 minutes the last 2 weeks before facing the 49ers, like you I expected the Niners to be able to break some tackles in this game because it it matters. It absolutely matters. When the Niners lost three straight, the first thing Kyle Shanahan said going into the bye week was <laughs> what, what is that? What? What was
2: that there's thumb? A th- I've seen that before. Wait, well, mm-hmm. how did? The- when did I do that before? I did that somewhere. What, and that happened, what happened? Did you not see that? That's a thumbs yet? up, and the- there's a thumbs up bubble that came out of his mouth. Yeah.
1: When people give you a like,
2: it uh, it does that.
1: But we're not live anywhere. No,
2: you no stats. You did a thumbs up and it made yeah. a bubble. I've done I, that before somewhere. Yeah. I, for, where was I where was
1: stats, that. Where was that? Oh look again on your face, stats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, was I just, didn't know
2: that. that sorry to interrupt you, but that was just very yeah, funny that this popped up.
1: I, I got worried because I thought we were. I mean, you know, it, it would have. I guess not been the end of the world, but like I got because we're supposed to be recording this, so I was like, <laughs> are we live somewhere? Uh, that was weird. How that happened?
3: I thought that was only a thing for live recordings. I All had right. no idea. That's weird because I just, yeah, I'll throw up a thumb, you know, for emphasis or whatever. (laughs) Well, yeah, uh, Kyle Shanahan said when the Niners lost three straight going into the bye, we're tired. We're just exhausted and mm. that's why we didn't look as good and i think the same thing happened to the eagles
1: it definitely didn't help obviously brandon that the bills took the eagles to overtime and that, that was such a you know lengthy game in terms of you know how much game was played obviously that i think that was more of a, of a bad luck draw than the schedule well, part up. of
2: it's the eagles fault to be clear for like you know not taking care of business and getting your starters out i'm not saying it's all just bad luck but i um, the scheduling is a little bad luck in terms of again rest advantage three straight weeks in a row in very big games
0: mm
1: um okay I would like to ask each of you to answer this question it's a two-part answer um it's really just two answers that you have to give um stats here I guess you can go first what do you think about the Niners and or Eagles that you didn't think before Sunday's game so you have to give us two answers it can be one Niners one Eagles both Niners both Eagles whatever you want
3: I didn't think the Niners offense was going to be able to move the ball that well against the Eagles. And I think that if they played again and the Eagles had more of a rest, I still think the Niners would have maybe not as much success, not six straight touchdowns. But I, I was so much more fearful of the Eagles defense before this game than I will be if they play again. What's the I don't understand the question. What's
1: the question? What are two things you think that you didn't think on Sunday morning? And again, they could be positive, negative takeaways for either team that were involved in this.
2: Well, I mean, obviously, it's like, you know, inarguable. 49ers, top team in the conference now. There's no dispute. I think that was NFL, dude. I don't,
1: there's not an AFC team
2: that can hang with them. Well, I mean, I was yeah, I'm not really care about the AFC, but yes. Yes, to that point, yes.
1: Wow, tough scene. I think it was more arguable,
2: you know, before that, you know, because you could, if you want to expand it to the NFL, you could say the Ravens, you could say the Eagles, whatever. Um, That's now inarguable i don't think this game means i'm out on the the eagles all of a sudden because i look back at my preseason you know win-loss record prediction for the eagles i had them at nine and three they're ten and two so like i'm not going to be like oh the season is over now they still they still could very well get the one seed they are the favorites to get the one seed at this lose yeah.
1: this week and still have significant right. control and towards the now West. that feels terrible
2: i'm not saying like that's a good thing but i mean i'm still not like uh, I, I shouldn't need to say this after a 10 and two start, but I'm not ready to give up on the season. If the uh,
3: Eagles lose this week and the Niners win, the Niners are the one seed. That's fair. But that's why I said
1: could. They could still, con- they could lose on Sunday. The, the Eagles could and still control their fate. Yeah, they, the, the Eagles,
2: one well, the Eagles would, yeah, yes. Need the 49ers to drop one more game at that point. And they play the Ravens. So who knows, but not we'll Christmas
3: see. Too. That's going to be, well, that's going to be. You,
2: I have a question for you stats while you're here. Do you think the 49ers win out?
3: No. In fact, I would not be shocked if they lost one of the next two games. They have Hmm. Seahawks and Cardinals coming up. And then after the Cardinals is that Ravens game on Christmas. So I could see them maybe, maybe they'll get up for the Seahawks game. Although I think it'll be tough because we know emotionally they were clearly invested in this Philly game. But I could see them dropping either the Seattle game or the Arizona game. Just because they're going to come in kind of half-assed. You know, feeling themselves, and I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. I don't think they're going to win out. I mean, look, last year they went into the playoffs on a ten-game winning streak. If they won out this year, it'd be a nine-game winning streak. I think mean, the odds that that happens two games in a row are pretty crazy. Although I will say, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel in games that they have finished, the Niners are sixteen and zero.
1: Um, I asked Kyle Posey about this. I think two of those sixteen games, or maybe if it's seventeen, if it includes the playoffs, or eighteen, I guess um or maybe not 18 because of the title game last year but i think the two of those games are against the cowboys in the divisional round last year and then obviously the matchup earlier in the regular season like and those games haven't been close at least for my team you know what i mean like they're a monster when they're all involved and they finish the game to your point i i want to ask you both a question while you're both here uh because the seahawks now play a funny role in the one seed, right because the cowboys just beat them they visit the uh, the 49ers on Sunday stats and they host the Eagles next week BLG are either of you more fearful of the Seahawks throwing a wrench into your team's plans than you were before last Thursday night because I think last Thursday afternoon we were like oh the Seahawks like pff, whatever they were impressive um at least they were, they were impressive to me uh so are, I disagree like, they- Okay, so you're you're not more afraid of Seattle than you were a week ago.
2: Well, I'm afraid of the matchup in terms of the again, the Eagles are coming off of so they'll be coming off the Cowboys game at that point, and then you know f- so flying to Dallas, having to fly back to Philly, having to well, go all the way up back, an back extra to Seattle day
1: for the, the Seahawks game. No.
2: That does help, but I mean, still, I mean, like it's not great to have to go across like back and forth the country like that. Um, so the, the situation is, you know, I'm not going to say it's like an easy path, but. I mean, Chino stinks, dude, like the Seahawks what? could have had that game. He stinks. He choked that game away. He was terrible at the end of that game. He threw the makeable throws that he's kept missing. He stunk at the end. The, the Seahawks had that game and they just blew it. And I do not. And now obviously they were more competitive than I thought they were going to be. But I'm, I'm not fearful of them all of a sudden. And I think Mookie's take that though. They can beat the Eagles now because they blew the game like that is pathetic. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I told you stats, but yeah, Mookie uh, messaged me right after Thursday night and said, this gave me confidence that we talk about the Seahawks Why? and the Eagles. Because
3: Gino can blow it again against the Eagles? Okay, great.
1: Okay, okay, stats, answer the
3: question, please. Are you more afraid of the Seahawks now? I mean, it's a division game, so that always gives you pause, but the 49ers have played the Seahawks four times. The last four meetings, they've outscored them 120-54, to 54. so you know, am I worried? Not really. I'm agreeing on, on Gino Smith. I don't think Gino is any good. I think Gino has not Stinks, been good dude. the second half of last year. I think his performance has really dropped off DK Metcalf, like just oh, outs. I hate what's going on with DK Metcalf. I don't know what's, what's up there, but no, I just, no. Am I fearful? No, you gotta, you know, it's like that scene in Watchmen with Rorschach when he's in prison. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. You got to play the 49ers. If anybody's fearful, it's going to be the Seahawks. Um, yeah, I've never seen Watchmen, so that yeah. reference is lost on me.
1: It's a good one. Yeah. Dude, come on. Um, yeah, you would like
2: it. How, you're like a superhero guy, too. Why wouldn't you not watch that one?
1: I mean, I have some, I feel like I'm like Mr. Pop Culture, but I have some pretty, you know, embarrassing uh, <laughs> holes in my game. Uh, so I feel I'm like okay I'm Mr. admitting Pop that. Uh, this is this final stretch between these three teams going to come down to a lot of birds. Obviously, the Eagles themselves, uh, both teams, uh, your two teams at least, played the Cardinals uh, before the season is over. Not that anybody like really believes in them. But still, and the Cowboys lost to them, which is a factor. Uh, the Seahawks, who we just mentioned, and whoever doesn't win the NFC East is very likely going to visit a different bird in the Atlanta Falcons. So, um, mm.
3: yeah, and the Niners have the Ravens. That, that's
1: always that my other yep. point. That's right. Um, are we missing a bird team? No, there's too many bird teams. Yeah, it's there's too many bird teams, which makes the idea of one team referring to themselves as the Birds incredibly narcissistic. So,
3: can I ask a question to you? BLG? Since the guy
2: who uh, dubs his team America's team, <laughs> I dubbed
3: them that. Correct. <laughs> what is your opinion on the whole? big Dom incident with Dre Greenlaw because I want to know if you're a rational Eagles fan or if I want oh, to know if you're a crazy person. I mean, I think the thing is it doesn't matter. Like you
2: like 49ers fans like want him to be like expelled from the who you literally won't even notice if he is or isn't. So like who cares? First of all. Second of all, the way I saw it, and obviously you're going to think I'm biased, but honestly, I don't care like, I don't care about big, I don't root for Big Dom. I mean, <laughs> he seems cool. I from my personal interactions with him have been few, but like nice guy. Um I think my honest take of the video is he was trying to de-escalate a situation and people are acting like he touched a player. Oh my gosh. He, he tried to initiate physicality. He, he was trying to defuse a fight. That is the reality of the situation that is not putting hands on a player with intent to like start something up.
3: Why is he touching any player on the field. Why he's trying to he
2: just a, he's, yeah break up a that's fight. That's not his job. Okay, that's sorry for breaking up a fight.
3: Wait, let's yeah. encourage the fight. Let's actually fan
2: the flames and make the flight, Nobody, fight. Nobody, no, let's you're no, that's you're you're,
1: you're. That's not what stats is saying. Stats' point is simple in that that's not his job. So why is he assuming it to be his job?
3: Well, we don't need Big Dom to break up a fight. Get your hands off one of our all-pro linebacker. Get the hell away from the field. You're all pro linebacker who has a history
2: of getting ejected and like committing personal fouls. I'm sure. I'm sure he didn't start trouble or, or instigate anything.
1: No, uh, he, 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 st- play.
2: stats like, in the he, preview he, podcast he, on his network literally said like Dre Greenlaw is the most likely player to get ejected from this game.
1: It and then a, it happened. It was a flagrant penalty on Devontae Smith. Nobody is like diminishing that with this point, but like I stats. We the three of us know each other, but whatever, fine. Well. You're right. Okay,
2: I don't care. You're right. Whatever. Like I there's no Oh, nothing. What is to be gained just, in this argument? I don't Scott care. Murder? Like
3: Everyone's like, oh, he's so beloved. It's like, who cares? Know. He screwed up. Doesn't make him a bad guy. I don't but he, he screwed up, on- but whatever. We disagree. Well, first of all, the NFL has to suspend him because you can't have teams hiring okay, these great. sponsors to go. That makes and no him. difference. Like, cool. No, because you can't have teams hiring these guys to try and instigate stuff. There he did no not instigate anything. Eagle. Yes, he did. He put, oh his, hands oh he put his hands on Greenlaw first. He put his hands on Greenlaw first. Does Dre Greenlaw even interact with Big Dom at all if he doesn't? All right, talk- I'm done.
2: I'm done with this. It just doesn't matter. Who cares?
3: Uh, it was funny that one of those floating you can keep battles
2: left about about Like want. in
1: the middle of this passionate argument. Um, impassioned? Passioned? I don't know. Uh, stats? Because it doesn't matter. Who cares? It does matter.
3: It could- okay, he's suspended. Do you feel happy now? I feel yeah. like, what I feel is satisfied okay, knowing that that Congrats. won't happen again because, because, because his,
1: his presence Will you even know if he's there or not on the sideline? You asked the question. Do you want to Will you know if he's there or not? I will yes, know. No. I will know that there's no threat of a player being ejected from. Oh Dom escalating the situation. Oh no! Oh, oh, situation.
3: no oh no! He's so stupid. Why, oh, no. if, it was, if it was no big deal, why did he leave to a chorus of cheers? Why was he hailed as a hero?
1: Especially on the broadcast, I don't know if oh, you've heard it God. since then, but the broadcast went nuts about this situation.
3: We lost. Well, I didn't hear
2: the broadcast, linebacker. so I can't speak to that.
1: Uh, it was actually, this was one of the only things that ever made me believe that the NFL is scripted uh, because the stats can, well, no, hear me out. Uh, so, but like, I would say like an hour before in real time, uh, Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson talked about how the night before they had gone out to dinner in Philadelphia and that they had gone out on the suggest, like the place they went to was suggested they were like, by the Eagles, head of security, Big Dom, yep. cool guy. Like, again, like, how often have you ever heard the broadcast reference somebody like that and then have them play this major role in the game? Well, it, like, it, it, was, it was like a WWE sort of storyline. That's, well, that's there's awesome. that,
2: and there's also the fact that they just released Big Dom shirts as the Eagles organization to raise and money for Eagles Autism Foundation, so it's all that's for great. charity. But like, So had, actually, had Eagles- Big Dom, 3D chess, raising money for charity, great guy,
1: <laughs> fantastic. And if you disagree, then you hate charity. That's not true. doing it Um, all for the kids. If if the shoe had been on the other foot, this is what I was going to ask stats, and if, I don't know, if if Jalen Hurts had been ejected or whoever, you would be throwing a fit over whoever the, like, security guard was in question. You would say, like, how ridiculously – it was not a one-for-one ejection that Dre Greenlaw, who's a significant, you know, impact on the field, was taken out of the game, and Big Dom, who, to your point, is irrelevant in terms of his presence.
3: Well, it's sort of a loophole in the rules because the VP of officiating was saying like when they review the whole incident, they can't tell the refs to throw a penalty on the Eagles sideline because they can only tell them to throw a penalty on a coach or Yeah, that's weird. So they were powerless to do. I mean, they ejected him. Yes, but they couldn't penalize the Eagles for that in that spot. Now, the refs on the field could have penalized the Eagles sideline, right? But they didn't. And so there was nothing that they could do after the fact, except throw him out.
1: It is funny how the NFL acts like um, there's these like inconquerable forces when it comes like, oh, well, that's an unreviewable penalty or unreviewable thing. So like our our hands are tied. Like, we really can't do anything here, guys. Like, sorry. uh, You know, like the whole world, I mean, not even using this example, but like, you know how like some things aren't reviewable or challengeable. It's like, oh, sorry. You know, um, it is what it is. By the way, as this happened, or this conversation in real time, Doug Peterson announced that Trevor Lawrence only has a right-hand ankle sprain. So goodness for the NFL.
3: That guy's made out of vibranium. Oh, my God.
1: Um, Everybody can listen to stats. And if you're an Eagles fan, you can go uh, get more upset about his takes over on the Gold Standard Network. Uh, Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And on YouTube stats, plug away. Plug, 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 plug.
3: Yes, thank you very much. Gold Standard YouTube channel. Gold Standard 49ers podcast network. Uh, We do shows every day. We go live on YouTube every single day. I love going across the aisle, so to speak, and talking to people from the Niners' opponent. BLG, you obviously joined us last week. Niners play the Seahawks this week. I'm going to talk with Steve Rabel, their radio voice, whose voice has haunted me over the past decade of him calling Russell Wilson crazy-ass plays. But uh, that'll be a fun conversation. Uh, a little later today so please like and subscribe and you can follow me on all the socials at stats on fire
1: stats before you leave um blg i did prompt him several times to have a song ready for today uh so what do you want to add this is like your fourth song or third or fourth song that you've added to our playlist stats you had a lot of time to prepare for this so this better be good
3: okay so i'm you know listening to the christmas music because it's the holiday season so i'm gonna go with a, a christmas carol text me merry christmas by straight no chaser and kristen bell it is, it is a bop entirely
1: acapella, even though Kristen Bell's on it. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Okay, all right, respect. Can you text me that actually? So, I because I will forget, um, before we get out of here. So,
3: yes, I will make him do problem. more work. Text me Merry Christmas, sure.
1: That's 42 to 19. Say it again and then leave. Yeah,
3: 42 to 19, baby. Let's go. Niners, more competitive game than the 49ers Cowboys game.
1: This is embarrassing for you. All right, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about America's team.
3: Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work
1: Welcome back. The red, white, and blue represents the Dallas Cowboys. And their 41-35 to 35 win over the Seattle Seahawks. It was a bad week to be a green bird, basically, um, you know, in the NFC East, as it relates. Um, did not like the Seahawks throwbacks uniforms in this what? game. No, they're, they're a great look, but it was too much royal blue because of the Cowboys. I thought uh, it members. it looked
2: cool, though. I thought it looked no, cool because of that. I, I wanted it like, like want, a Cowboys practice, I guess
1: that's what i'm saying like it was it was a lot happening visually um so if you want to wear them against like the niners i think that'd be a great look uh, but yeah. for this specific game, they're really good uh, on, yeah. on
2: their own they're really they're
1: really good totally agreed uh anyway so truth be told like hand, you know uh, cards i was gonna say hands on the cards uh hands up cards on the table i was terrified and <laughs> at halftime i was like oh my gosh it was like the 500 team thing is gonna be so annoying if they lose this game Uh, But Dak Prescott showed up on a night where the defense really failed him. Um, You have heard me kind of come for Dan Quinn in the past um, when everybody wants to act like he's perfect and infallible. I mean, the Seahawks offense, and this is why I completely understand you and stats like not being scared of them. They had been terrible. I mean, they had been awful before this game. I think the stat that was going around, they hadn't scored an offensive touchdown in seven straight quarters. And they show up and like, boom, the DK Metcalf 73 yard touchdown. Okay, like you're thinking like, okay, well, they got one. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a beast like that's going to happen but they just kept going over and over and over at Duran Bland. It's a really tough scene mm. on the day he was crowned NFC Defensive Player of the Month for November, and you were just kind of feeling like this is where it was all going to fall apart. But again, Dak Prescott, well in the MVP conversation, played like it, put the team on his back. Cowboys didn't punt a single time. They did have a failed fourth down conversion um, when C.D. Lame dropped it, but really impressive game from Dak, from C.D., uh, and the defense did stand up tall at the very end when it mattered the most, but um, certainly a concerning thing as it relates to the path moving forward.
2: Yeah, I think the difference in this game was the quarterbacks. Ultimately, like Dak made the plays, came through for his team, and Gino, I think, wilted. He, he absolutely crumbled down the stretch. Seahawks offense as a whole, um, very unfortunate. They couldn't do the brotherly shove and their fourth and one situation. Got stopped there. Cowboys defense, you know, made those key plays on fourth down. But yeah, I mean, my takeaway at the end there, and obviously, you know, he had a good game up to that point. Are enough to be set up thirty five points.
1: I, I know you're hating on Gino, and I understand the end was terrible. It was an elite game to that point. Like, it, like he did will fine, but, but, but you're it was defined it, by winning, or, winning or losing, and you crumbled. Saying, he absolutely crumbled. I, I he made makeable you. throws saying, that he missed. It, it was an amazing game until the very end. But that's the difference, and
2: uh, yeah. So I think I mean the, the Seahawks had this game. They I think it was when they were up, then they have a drive when they're up eight or up five, maybe at one point at the end, and it's like. If you're going to win the game you have to at least get a field goal here but you like this is where if you're a good team you get a touchdown you end the game you put the game out of reach and they just kept letting the cowboys hang around
1: and the cowboys took advantage of it um a lot of people had issues with the way mike mccarthy handled the end of this game um it's been a while now because the game was on thursday but um cowboys you know third and short um and obviously, you know, in a situation they wanted to go up and, and go up two scores and kind of, you know, really put the game away. Um, McCarthy went deep to the end zone, didn't work out. They had to settle, made it a six-point game, gave Seattle the ball back, technically uh, in a bit of a you know stressful situation. The Lions had a similar situation on Sunday against the Saints, and the conversion worked. And so, you know, you look at that, you're like, oh, there you go, being aggressive. Like, I would much rather live on that end of the spectrum like I I would much rather my I'm not saying I'm not saying it's the greatest like play call of all time but I am very happy that Mike McCarthy is an aggressive play caller I, I want that especially when you have an MVP caliber quarterback one of the best wide receivers in the NFL like I like that McCarthy is believing in that over anything else especially on a night where the defense was horrible
2: I don't know how you leave Micah Parsons unblocked on the final play. I don't care what scheme or what it's literally yeah, it, the best player. You can't have him unblocked. <laughs> like it's that simple. It's uh, sometimes people like to overcomplicate football actually just match up. No. It's Micah Parsons have someone put their
1: hands on him. And if they don't, what are you doing? That's an embarrassing failure. Um, A lot of Cowboys takes over the last almost week now have been um obviously gratitude that it worked out the way that it did uh, and that it was really nice. This was, you know, I said before, the only time the Cowboys had a a fight go all 10 rounds was the Chargers win that they had, Uh, but obviously a much lower scoring game. And in that game, I really, I don't know if you remember, criticized Mike McCarthy for how he handled the end of the first half. Uh, He just took a knee um, near the end of the first or, or kicked a field goal. He had like 18 seconds and didn't even try for the end zone. I was really upset um so this was a very different thing in that the cowboys trailed and trailed you mentioned they trailed by five they trailed by eight early on i wouldn't say midway through because of you know coming out of the half and then the seahawks touchdown um this was the first like you know it, again not I, I would say the chargers fight went 10 rounds but just because nobody really wanted. the seahawks were winning like the seahawks were landing some uppercuts and some blows and 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 really roughed the cowboys up this was the first time dallas has trailed at at&t stadium all season long and they trailed multiple times um, so the fact that Dallas was able to kind of withstand what was, I think, and arguably Seattle's best shot of the season um, and hold on for the win, that was a win that they just, I mean, we've seen the Cowboys have in the past, but they just haven't been in a position to get this season in, you know, specifically.
2: I think it was a really good win for them in terms of, you know, okay, you're beating up on a bunch of bad teams. What does it really mean? Okay. I don't think the Seahawks are great, but they're definitely, you know, like, you know, above or above average team. So, um, and to be able to be in that spot and to rally, I think that is. That matters for building character, for building belief. Um, it's something you can build on moving forward. I, I wouldn't like, I know I gave up 35 points here, but like, I, I don't really, that doesn't worry me. I think sometimes games just get away. Like game, there's just certain game scripts or certain games. So I don't like, like over-unders or making too much of like a game like this. I just think sometimes a game gets like this. Also, there's games that get really ugly. I don't think it means that Cowboys defense is a, a a big issue all of a sudden now. It's just how the game was going.
1: Not a big issue, but definitely not, um, you know, the, there was a time where I thought, like, oh, man, they're going to set, like, some historic marks this season. Like, they're not, I mean, they're very, very, very good, uh, but I don't know that I think they're top two in the NFL. Like, maybe that's their ceiling, certainly. Like, they can challenge, they can They can have great games and great performances, but there, mm-hmm. cl- there's clearly a difference between them and and whoever you believe to be the best defense in the NFL right now. Probably um the Ravens. Yeah, Ravens. I know the Browns have had their moment. It's a little little tougher. Yeah, Chiefs were up there. Um, So, but I mean, you know, it's it's weird and um, weirdly so. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, Micah Parsons is now significantly the favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year, and some of that I think is um, you know oddsmakers adjusting for the Browns and how they're kind of fading. Um, and obviously, you know Miles Garrett's on that team. You kind of have to be on a team with success to win awards like this. Um, and Deron Bland is a is a contender, but Micah Parsons is kind of the face. Micah also has the like oh, he's never won it, you know, and he kind of, you know, deserves a thing that, you know, like TJ Watts wanted or Nick Boses wanted. You get my point. Mm. Um, Like sometimes, you know, odds makers or award voters like want to give the dude who doesn't have and whatever. Um, So that's weird to me. I mean, but weird, but also logical because he, Micah was amazing in this game, even though the Cowboys defense struggled. um, Micah just continued to be a perennial force the way he always has been. All right. Anything else about this Cowboys game? Um they survived their, you know, rest. I don't want to call it gauntlet, but um, it is a tough thing for them. I like, I, I get upset when Cowboys fans get mad about the three games in 12 days thing. Um, but it is difficult because like stat said, players are human. So when they go Sunday to Thanksgiving to Thursday, it is a very tight, you know, thing. Um, so the fact that they want all those games is really impressive. And they're nine and three now. And that's what Mike McCarthy does. I don't know if you saw, I tweeted this on, let's say, Tuesday. Um, since 2021, which is the Mixeriani era, era, um, the team with the most wins in the NFL is the Chiefs with 34. The Cowboys and Eagles are tied for second with 33. So they're going to be a playoff team again. And that hasn't been the case for three years in a row in a very long time.
2: The Giants are third still, right? Uh, but they were on
1: bye, so we can't really talk about a game.
2: We're reviewing Um, the The most that seems to be going on with them is Terod Taylor going to be back from IR. I've seen some conversation at Big Blue View, like who should it be? Should it be Terod? Should it be um, Tommy DeVito? What do you? While think?
1: we were while we were talking with stats, uh, it was reported that um, Brian Dable said Tommy DeVito is going to start this week. Oh, okay. Night football. So at the very least this week, it's it's the Tommy DeVito show. I think. Um, I mean,
2: they should stick with him, right? Your, your season's lost. In theory, like Tommy DeVito might be. A credible backup. And that's valuable to have for the future. If he can prove he's a good number two, then great. What are you going mean, to learn by
1: playing Terod? I mean, to that point, like, you know, we're talking a day after the Bengals game, like, you know, would you have rather played Jake Browning or C.J. Beathard? You know what I mean? Like, you you know, like, I mean, you have Joe Burrow in this particular example, so, like, it's not a conversation for you, but, like, you know that C.J. Beathard's not it. You know what I mean? Right. Versus, like, Jake Browning, like, has lottery ticket potential and it kind of worked out, at least on Monday night. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, I thought about this. I didn't know this, um, but so the Niners um, had C.J. Beathard on their roster, and the Jaguars obviously signed him. That yielded a seventh-round compensatory pick that became Brock Purdy. So wow. could you argue that Doug Peterson set up the Eagles' downfall? <laughs> I was so excited. When I, when, I, when I realized that during the game on Monday night, I was so excited to bring this up to you. So um, right. I've gotten what I wanted out of that um but let's move on the uh the commanders had no shot dude um man
2: um i'm upset i didn't take them for my lock of the week i overthought it
1: um yeah they had absolutely no shot um the dolphins boat raced them 45 to 15 if there is has ever been a time in recent history for a non-quarterback to win mvp it's tyreek hill um but dude you know I mean, it's not shocking. After you know, look at what like C D Lamb did against the
2: Commanders. Look at what AJ Brown did against. Like, it's not shocking. It's it was very predictable. And the Commanders are tanking, like organizationally. I truly believe they are at this point. Um, you know, not the coaching staff, not the players necessarily, not their incentives. But I think that organizationally, they are not trying to do all they can to win. And I think that's showing up here. And it's smart. It's smart for them in the long term. In the in the meantime, it's not the best feeling to get embarrassed,
1: but whatever um so Terry McLaurin had a really quiet day and that was what a lot of people were talking about and I was um browsing the commander subreddit and I saw a point that actually made me proud of us uh somebody said I don't think he has ever recovered this season from the turf toe remember when Mm -hmm. Ron Rivera played him in the preseason and that happened and we were like this feels like something that could linger and that we could we could hear in the offseason like he never got right whatever like Ron Rivera is so bad, dude. Like, I mean, he he is one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Like, it's it's not just that the results are there. By the way, um, their loss secured uh, like nothing but losing seasons for Ron Rivera. He's this is his fourth season in Washington. They've all been below 500 seasons, even the NFC East title winning season in 2020, which is amazing. it's it's hard to call it this because it was a unique thing and they were really in need of a of a good human being. And I certainly advocate for Ron Rivera in that sense, but like in a football sense, this has been a failure of a of an era, the Ron Rivera time in Washington.
2: I think it's been about what was expected originally in terms of he he made it so that in some seasons they weren't like the worst team in the NFL, but it's not really I think it raised their floor a little bit at times. Obviously they did win the division even though sub five hundred. But um, and then you know they've they haven't been the Giants, which is not anything to say that's amazing, but it did make them more respectable than the Giants have been. Although they can't beat the Giants, so uh, yikes. But um, win loss wise, they've been better than the Giants have for a while. But and I always said I'm not really worried about the Commanders' ceiling with Ron Rivera. There does seem to be Eric Bieniemy fatigue too. You know, it's hard to kind of separate him from that whole mess of a operation they have going on well because uh,
1: the sam howell stuff is cooled like you know what i mean like at least at first it was like oh at least oh, like sam howell's playing yeah. really well um you know maybe this maybe that but like now that that's cooled off it's like oh what Even what is commanders
2: fans about that? that were like we found the guy he's the guy as of a couple of weeks ago and i think it's what three straight games he has a pick six now i mean i hope he's the guy there because he's clearly not you know anything that is ultimately threatening i mean obviously they don't have to move on from him they can keep him around but they have to do something more serious in terms of i it feels like it's the prime opera they're gonna make a move they're gonna have to make a big splash because it's a new ownership it's gonna be a new head coach new gm like they're gonna want their guy and they're not gonna just want to like sign someone whoever and inherit same hell they're gonna want to make their own imprint
1: um well it's it'll be interesting to see if that comes by way of the draft at present time and Washington's on buy this week, by the way, the final buys of the season, uh, them in Arizona, um, Arizona holds the third overall pick in the draft and Washington holds the fourth. So they really need that buy uh, this week, but the giants have the seventh, like Washington's right there, like maybe Jaden Daniels ter- territory, but like, I, like, I think it's pretty safe to say that New York, is going to have to pay to go get a quarterback. I know we're talking about the commanders, yeah. here, but like they're, they're too low at this point in time. And especially if Tommy DeVito does some weird stuff down the stretch.
2: And like I talked about, it's potentially a situation week 18 where the Eagles don't need that game, depending on how things go. Right. And they allow and da- all the Giants Dallas to win.
1: with Washington, like you brought up. Right. last week. Too.
2: So both of those teams could get hurt by that. Um, you know, they can still trade up, but okay. Now you're giving up more capital for that.
1: The, uh, Commanders are on by and then they visit the Rams next week, but then they visit the Jets. I think I will take I mean, a few weeks looking down the road, I would take the commanders to beat the Jets like the Jets are, are Is so there a team desperate. You wouldn't take to beat the Jets. No, but like, I mean, I do think to your point, I think the commanders are logically and wisely, you know, taking their foot off the gas, right? And letting the car come mm-hmm. to a slow stop. I think the Jets are so desperate that they're they need any kind of goodwill. You know what I mean? And so like, they will gladly take that win and washington will gladly take that loss.
2: Mm. All right, let's preview week 14.
1: Well, kind of because, you know, we have a whole show that we're going to do on Thursday for that. Yeah, we got to so. look ahead
2: though. Uh well, Not uh, can see a Tune in to both episodes.
1: That's fair. Um, so we have to go in chronological order. And I mentioned that the Giants play on Monday Night Football and the Commanders are on by, which means the first game in question is Sunday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys hosting the mm. Philadelphia Eagles um, at AT&T Stadium where they have won 14 games in a row. They're three and a half point favorites um, that grew. It, it started at just three. Um, this is a big game. It's certainly bigger for the Cowboys. There's no doubt about that because of the fact that the Eagles won the first matchup. And for what it's worth, um, I just want to clarify, I think you probably clarified to BGN radio listeners, but if the Cowboys win this game, when we all go to sleep on Sunday or Monday morning, whatever, Dallas will be in first place in the NFC East. However, Mm -hmm. they do not control their destiny. Um, so they, they could win out you know even at this point right if, and if philly loses this game and wins out the eagles win the nfc so even because if the cowboys,
3: conference
2: record i believe right. the conference record um, tiebreaker
1: right so even if the eagles lose this game uh the cowboys or cowboys fans still need the eagles to lose and slip up which is why i asked you about the seahawks earlier obviously um your thoughts certainly right now please
2: and then on the flip side obviously if the Eagles win this game nfc says pretty much yeah it's effectively over because you really need yeah um because Eagles have the head to head at that point by the uh, way
1: just really quickly yeah. it's real it's really obvious that the loot i don't because like it's still very possible that the niners get the one seed right so um i don't i don't know if it's fair to say it's very likely that the winner of this game is the one seed certainly those odds increase for philly if they win it but i think it's extraordinarily likely that the loser of this game is the five seed in the NFC. Does that yes. make sense? So, Pro- well, probably. Um, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Not the loser of the game. That it's 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 more probable <clears throat> that one of these two teams is the five seed than it is like that's a significant probability in my mind that the five seed is going to be the Cowboys or the Eagles. But it, there's a little bit more, you know, up in the air in terms of whether one of them will be the one seed. Because the, sure. the six, the six, seven seeds and below, right. all just keep losing. I know the Rams won and the Packers won, but like the, also, both
2: these, you, you also beat the Rams and they beat right. the Vikings, so they have Cal- and, and they. We'll see about the Seahawks, but potential and the Cowboys for a tiebreaker.
1: Cowboys beat the Rams, obviously. So that's what I'm saying. Like they have a, you know, these two teams have a, a clear, you know, lead on the field for the wild card spot. So this is about like you know, potentially positioning yourself, obviously for the division title, and then potentially for the number one seed.
2: Eagles have not won in Dallas since 2017. What was it, the Jerry Jones Hall of Fame enshrinement halftime?
1: And, and at the time, it was the worst loss ever in at and history. That's been outdone since, but uh, at the time. Right. Well, what's the worst one since? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. I know it's been outdone. So.
2: Okay. So there's that. <laughs> there's also uh, the fact that they have not swept the Cowboys since, do you know when? Twenty eleven is what you're looking Yeah, for. I was no, I was at
1: I, I was at thirteen in my mind going back. Um wow.
2: So it's been a
1: while. <laughs> and uh I don't
2: think, you know, again, I'm not saying the Eagles definitely are hopeless for the rest of the season, but I think they had earned the benefit of the doubt up until the 49ers game. And I think they've lost that, you know, with the way they've lost. And not only have they lost that, but the Cowboys also have earned it with how they played recently. And also just in the greater context of the history of this series. And it just seems like it's hard to believe uh, that even if the Eagles are rolling, it's hard to believe that they're just going to so easily sweep the Cowboys. So I am, you know, not making my final pick on tuesday as we're recording this but i am certainly leaning towards the dallas side of things i think it could be a close game so i don't know totally how i feel about the line yet i'm leaning you know pick towards straight up cowboys the line i'm still a little bit less certain we'll see um i do think this game is incredibly telling about who the eagles are you lost to the 49ers that sucks but flush it you beat the cowboys and i'm not saying all is right in the world because you still have to worry about how you're gonna beat san francisco if that happens down the road but um you can worry about that when that happens and you can kind of just feel good about potentially getting the one seed and setting yourself up for the most favorable situation to face the 49ers again as opposed to going there so um very interested to see how this team is going to respond
1: yeah um this is i I mean, I think you're a little bit more concerned, um obviously in like a show us who you really are eagles way, um, uh, but this is equally a show us who you really are cowboys sort of way, right like uh, like you just said like the momentum's kind of on your side. The vibes are on your side, right? Like most people, to your point, would say, like, you haven't lost here in general in a very long time. You haven't been swept by the Eagles in a very long time. You haven't lost to them in this building in a very long right. time. Like, this is the show us you're the team that can take care of business game for the Cowboys, right? Like, last week, you know, everyone's willing to say, hey, look, the Seahawks maybe a little bit more talented. We Maybe we wrote them off a little early and Gina didn't write back and all this stuff. But you survived. You you proved that you had that in your bag. Prove you have a different level in your bag. It may not be easy. It may not be clean, but go win. And even if you don't wind up winning the one seed, cast your division rival into chaos for the final, you know, four weeks or five weeks of the regular season. Like, make them so uncomfortable. And you have to worry about San Francisco yourself, obviously. However, this ultimately shakes out. But go take care of business, protect your home field advantage that you have legitimately developed at this point in time um, and and prove that this line was fair and right. The way the Niners did, like that's it, it is not a secret that Mike McCarthy has tried to become the Niners. Like what a what a bold thing. But, like, the Niners very emphatically backed up. You said it. Like, they earned the right to cash their checks. Go earn your your right to cash your checks. And and I think we both agree the Cowboys played very well against Philly, but they didn't get it done at the very end. That's what it kind of comes down to, although I think you're a little too harsh on Gino about that. But, um, yeah, go take care of business. Get the win move on, and then start your little gauntlet on the road against Buffalo and Miami and see if you pick up help along the way. Um, you have the rest advantage. You're at home. You've been at home. Do you know the last time the Cowboys played on the road off the top of your head? The Eagles game. No, it was the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Oh, the they went to, game. Yeah, yeah, when they went to Carolina. You've been at home a very long time. Like, you have all the things kind of rolling your way. And you might have the MVP in the NFL at quarterback. Like, you know, so this is, there's a lot of ripple effect in this game, right? Eagles win, Jalen Hurts' MVP candidacy kind of, you know, returns to what it was. If the Eagles lose, I think that that's a sinking ship, just the MVP specifically. Um, Whereas Dak Prescott probably gets a really nice bump. Obviously that depends a lot on what San Francisco does down the stretch. Micah Parsons, you want this, This you know, Micah Parsons, do you remember the Colts game last year that Dallas played on Sunday Night Football when they just destroyed them? I guess, I don't know. Um, Micah entered that game with the potential to take the lead in sacks and he didn't have one. And I wouldn't say Micah faded down the stretch. I would never say that about Micah, but he wasn't as loud. So Micah, you have an opportunity here. Go be loud, go shut the door, go twist the knife. Like, and, and don't make yourself the first team, first Dallas Cowboys team in 12 years to get swept by these dudes. Um, I think we all said at the beginning of the season, oh, they probably split the series, Dallas and Philly. Go live up to that. Like, not, not that that's like a, a thing to brag about, but like, go live up to what everyone believes you are at this point. And you have fought so hard to earn belief from people. Don't let it slip out of your hands, especially against a team that you have had some success against.
2: I'm not saying the season is over because they lose this game, either team. But I think, is it fair to say it's the unserious bowl? Because whoever loses this game, I think it's a very, it's kind of an unserious result in terms of the Eagles side. You just lose to the 49ers and the Cowboys. You might get the one seed, but no one's taking you seriously. And if you're the Cowboys and you have this, you know, winning streak and everything, and if Dak is the MVP, you go out and win this game. And if you lose to the Eagles, who just got blown out, and again, you're not hopeless. I'm not saying the season's over, but it's kind of like, man,
1: like, are we serious? I think that's somewhat fair. I do think that this game, if the Cowboys lose, it will be really like they'll be really down. Everybody will be really down. Be deflating about them. for sure. That's what, I mean, either what, team. It will be deflating, but it will allow a much longer uh, ramp to cope, right? Like, because if the Cowboys lose this game, it effectively, you know, locks, not locks them in, but like, they're the five seed. Like, that's not changing no matter what. You can kind of stop scoreboard watching if you're a Cowboys fan. Like, of course, anything is possible, but it is really, really, really difficult to win the NFC East and secure the one seed, obviously, if you lose this game. It's just a matter of things, you know, really locking into place, but you'll be the five seed in all likelihood. Versus the Eagles, um, if they lose this game, they still control their own destiny. But I do think there would be, like, legitimate panic. I don't know that, like, I I think there'd be disappointment on the Cowboys side, but I think there'd be panic. To your point, it's like, okay, well, these might be the three best teams in the NFC. And the Eagles just lost back-to-back games against them. uh, One at home, and then, you know, one against their division rival. And it would be the first time Philly lost two regular season games in a row in, what, like, three years or something like that? Two years? Since 2021. Yeah. I mean, so it would be unprecedented in some senses, obviously. Um and so it one fan base is going to be like walking on air um and levitating on Sunday night and another is going to be like one of our comment sections is going to be like ablaze with chaos and mm. savagery. So good. Always fun. Um, Quickly, uh, while we were having this conversation, um, Adam Schefter tweeted out, uh, playoff clinching scenarios. Um, I know yeah. you'll throw an article up and so will we, uh, but Dallas clinches a playoff berth, all these involve a Cowboys win, uh, right. Vikings loss or tie and a, C- a green Bay loss or tie a Seattle loss or a Tampa loss or tie. It's really long, like obviously it's, but it is possible. Philly, the most simplistic version they win. Um, and Seattle loses to San Francisco which is possible, I would not, not possible, probable, the more likely result at this point or the Rams lose. So if Philly wins and gets a loss from either the Rams or Seahawks, they're in directly, they could still get in, uh, many different, actually eight other ways, but they involve multiple outcomes. Not one simple one like those.
2: Yeah. This makes my head hurt. I don't know.
1: And it already hurts. Okay. Uh, quickly let's preview or just offer our, Packers win. Yeah. Um, going
2: to be in, like, I would not want to have to play the Packers. I was going
1: to ask you. Um, so we're. I think we're both equally terrified of the Niners. Is that fair to say, and for fair reason? Um, terrified of them, but I have. I, mean, I have a
2: lot. I never. Dis- I have a lot of respect for the 49ers. Yeah.
1: Sure. I mean, we would both. We 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 can both acknowledge that if our teams had to play them in in the playoffs, I think at the any Cowboys point,
2: have had an especially you know more traumatizing history specifically against that team.
1: Well, I don't know how you don't feel that. Sunday was not traumatizing, but whatever. I'm saying um, it's one
2: game, though. Like, the, there's multiple games. My point Cowboys. is,
1: my point is, it would, it would make us very happy if San Francisco was eliminated before our of team course. had to play them in the playoffs. So, if we live in a world where Dallas or Philly is the one seed, probably Philly at this point in time, and San Francisco is the two, what's the, what's the best outcome? Like, you know, what wh- who, who would we most want to be that seven seed? Like, who do we think could go steal it in San Francisco? Green Bay? Because they're the seven seed right now. It's, I mean, it's, I,
2: yeah, no one honestly BS. Yes, no, no one. But if
1: if you have to pick one, I think it's Green Bay. I mean, because if if the Niners are scared of anyone, it's the Packers. Although they've owned them obviously very recently.
2: Yeah, I guess
1: it'd be so funny if the Packers without Aaron Rodgers win and beat the Niners. Like that would be so funny.
2: Would be funny. Jordan Love. Yeah, he looked. I've been saying for a while like, the Packers are going to make a run here just because their schedule is so easy. I didn't, you know, see him beating the Chiefs, obviously. Um, that was really impressive. And just watching Jordan Love on Thanksgiving, because I had, I, don't, I haven't even seen him too much this year, he was making, like, very high-level, like, great throws. And that's why I liked the – I think I, I may have gone on the icebox for the Packers in terms of covering the spread. I didn't take him to win, but I, I did say they were going to cover the spread against the Chiefs. Um, I mean, Stephen may have, too, taken the the, the points there. because you know, the We don't,
1: don't. do icebox for spreads only. We do icebox box. Well, for, whatever. You know, in any
2: case uh, – I've liked the Packers. I think they're legit. Yeah. So I like them here in the spot at a home. Like, you know that is...
1: nobody like everybody says they have a friendly schedule. This is your like I I haven't fallen for Desmond Ritter the way that everybody else has take. So
2: I don't know about that. I was I mean, people were like I think writing them off a few weeks ago. Um Justice seemed to be when he was on the, Of course um, Justice
1: team. did. That's his team. He lives in the chaos of it all. This so... is
2: sorry, this is in Green Bay. Yeah,
1: um no, it's at MetLife. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh. Jet
2: Life. Jet life. <laughs> um, with a G for the Giants when they play. Um uh get life.
1: Uh yeah, I'll take the Packers. Uh, me too, and I'll lay the points. Not uh not a contest. And
2: the me. commanders are on their by, like you said. Okay. And um
1: they, who they return to play? They return to the fake Rams in LA. Okay, cool. And did you know this is up there with uh, the Steagles thing that Sean McVay was once on the Washington staff with Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel? Did you know that? Um,
2: when people say they, like they don't like Sirianni, like I'm glad as opposed to, I don't want Sirianni to be, you know, McVeigh. like I don't want my head coach to be like this. Well, me I mean, if those are the two options, credit for, uh, naming the players on the other team's defense. So, um, I have my issues with Sirianni for sure, but that is not one of them. The fact that I don't want other teams liking him. Like people like liked Sean McVay. Oh, oh he's so smart. Oh, he's so cool. No, My so. biggest
1: issue with Sirianni, honestly, because um, I have to write his name is a lot. the is, I, his visor. No, no, is I could never remember if there's one or two R's, and I always have to look. That's really- well, Oh, it's like the phone. What phone? The
2: phone thing. Siri.
1: Oh, I never thought of it that way. That's helpful. Oh. Um, Yeah. Well, a lot
2: of people, I think, I listen to some other Eagles podcasts, and they'll say Sirianni, and then their Siri will go off because-
1: uh, yeah. To be fair- she could go off just because of the phonetic pronunciation of it. Like, she doesn't know the way it's being spelled. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she does. Machines are smart. They're coming for us all. Um, okay, there will be a live episode of the NFC's Mixtape this week. No guess, because we just got to get straight to the meat. We're not, we're not having any side dishes, no potatoes, no mac and cheese, no rice, no beans, no greens, no bread, just steak on the plate.
2: Bring questions. I would say let's let's get some questions going. I I know people usually do, but let's uh let's lean into that. Let's get some questions going in the chat for Thursday this, night. By the way, is, go uh, RJ, uh, a lot of good positive feedback on the NFC East mixtape at Wrong Crowd Beer Company in Westchester, PA, where we watched the Cowboys win. Sadly, on Thursday night, on my hands. we had a really good turnout. Um, yeah, a lot of interesting opinions on RJ at, uh, at that thing. Like a good mix of I think love and hate. Um, some people thinking you, you know, uh, debate me a little bit too much. Um, yeah, different, di- a lot of compliments as well. So, you know, a good mix.
1: the comments we generally get the most are that this show is best when we're fighting, you know what I mean? Like that's what people want um it so i true. think what's well, it's I like think the that, first
2: take of it all people want to see conflict
1: i know but i think they'll enjoy like your petulance earlier against stats you know what i mean like but so petulance. people what do you people, <laughs> people want to see you know the chaos i've said that with like six times in the last 10 minutes people people want to see it so that's um who um who i try to be. uh I anyway
2: for you by the way uh, okay uh Ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, five stars. Obviously, do we bring back Ertz? This is from Flyers Guy555. This is hey, for Brandon me? and RJ. Long Uh-oh. listen, listen long time listener and eagle fan listening from Scotland. Shout out to Flyers Guy in Scotland. Quick question, though it may be old news by the time we record, with the news that Zach Ertz has been released and apparently wants to sign with the contender. What are the odds that you can try and sign him? Could potentially be a better option at backup tight end than Jack Stoll. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't mind re-signing Zach Hertz. Um so I'm gonna keep it simple. I'm sure you don't really care from a Cowboys perspective if the Eagles do that. But uh I did want to get your quick take on the Eagles signing Shaq Leonard because last week you said it was like what, like a seven out of ten in terms of being disappointing if the Cowboys don't get him.
1: Yeah. Um I mean I, like i'm not there's a lot of cowboys fans who like don't do this people you know like the, oh he sucks anyway it's like that's not yeah you know, we don't have to do this but like i think he would have been a really valuable depth piece and that is even just to really... keep him away from the eagles honestly well yeah like, <laughs> he, like yeah but like to, to have depth anywhere is a welcome thing all the time but certainly as, as you prepare for the playoffs um but there's no question that he can see more significant playtime in Philadelphia yeah. like you know what I mean it's it's a really easy to un- easy to understand decision um from Shaq like, I'm not just the connections to the
2: uh, you know he, he was with Sirianni in Indy. so well, he knows I mean he was
1: there. he was with Stefan Gilmore and Millie cooker in Indianapolis yeah, but so the coach he also
2: is, it's a little different I think
1: I mean I'm just saying he, you know I'm also happy for him that he had a chance to enjoy pseudo free agency like that's always cool like when you're a player that didn't get a chance to experience it um, so I will say <laughs> sorry I <clears throat> almost made it um, if the Zach Ertz thing happens, I won't laugh at it the way you laughed at um at the Cowboys bringing back Jason Witten because it won't be the same thing. But it will be, it will feel a little it, it will feel a little stretching. Uh, mm. it will feel a little like trying. I, and I'm a big fan of Zach Ertz the person. Again, I it really sucks how like cool a lot of these Eagles players are. Um, but um, I like that. Like the Shaq Leonard thing is like a seven out of 10 for me. The, you know, the Zachary is going to be like a four out of 10. at the Yeah.
2: Most. I don't expect anyone to care. I just think it makes sense for the Eagles because I mean, goddard has been hurt. He does get banged up. So I would like to have more depth because their depth at tight end is not great. Um, So I would like it from that perspective. And you know, if Zachary is going to talk about how much he loves Philly all the time, then I mean, This is kind of your chance to prove it here.
1: The only thing that would annoy me, and this happens in other situations too, um, I mentioned how like if I had been the Texans, I would have told the Packers, "You want Randall Cobb, first round pick." You know what I mean? Like, Uh so I would be slightly annoyed at like, oh, the former defensive coordinator of the Eagles just like waved the tight end and nobody picked him up and claimed him, and he could just go rejoin the team. Like that seems silly to me.
2: Who coached Zach Leonard? Um, who is that head coach of the Colts?
1: Oh, Frank. Uh, or, yeah, I said too Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> they're, they're, I was. They're I got, gaming the trade deadline. I got, I got, line I got lost in the players. Frank. Right? And wasn't Zach Ertz even traded from Philadelphia?
2: He was. He was traded to Arizona. To
1: so yeah. So like the Eagles got the draft pick, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like however inconsequential it may have been. It's a and pick. And then they get to just bring him back for like it's so stupid. I mean, yeah, that would bother me just. Howie like, Roseman,
2: chess, not checkers, maybe Uh Last thing. It is, isn't it kind of funny that because this. I can't like i'm trying to think of another situation this probably hasn't has this happened before where a player has like decided who they want to play with out of two teams playing each other the same week Like that's a pretty rare thing right um kind of crazy
1: yeah i certainly can't think of um like that's really weird i know it
2: might not matter a ton but it's just like that's very funny to see a player like well he's jack leonard clearly thinks the eagles have a better chance this week i guess i mean obviously it's probably more about the playing time but still it is a little bit about like which team do you believe in
1: to add to your point also like you know, two incredibly, you know, th- this is a consequential game. You know what I mean? Like it isn't like, oh, he, you know, he he chatted with the Cardinals and the, mm-hmm. you know, and the Falcons, and they happen right. to be playing each other this week and he just picked one. Like, no, no, this is like a seismic game that he just picked one side <laughs> over. Uh, so it is a funny, you know, kind of cool thing. It's weird. It's strange. It doesn't and happen. I actually tweeted that on Monday. I do think like I'm I feel like no ill will about this. Like, you know, it's just he made a choice. But um, it is cool how close the cowboys and eagles have been you know what i mean like these last few years like it has made it a lot of fun it's made these weeks really tense and really you know fun as well um but so you know it's a good thing we started the mixtape when we did for our sake yeah for sure it would be very i mean boring. since yeah, we but... started the mixtape these two teams are tied for the second most wins in the nfl only cool. behind the kansas city chiefs boom wow uh let's add songs ourselves uh stats hasn't texted me yet so Wow. Uh, but Rachelle's song, she also went Christmas, um, which is going to be a popular theme here um, in terms of my pick. She is going with What Christmas Means to Me by Stevie Wonder. So that is Rachelle's pick. Um, my pick, um, I've mentioned this before, I think. I um, heard the song last Christmas when I was in college and I was playing, and, and I was I, like a day later, I was playing racquetball with my friend and we were talking about like songs. And I was like, dude, I heard, and I heard the glee cover. And I and it was like a really boppy song. So it's like, hey dude, I heard this song, that's really great. And he was like, Oh, what is it? I was like, it's called Last Christmas. And I was like, Glee wrote it. And I like didn't know that to be true. I just like was kind of like talking confidently for no reason. And he was like, They didn't write it. I was like, Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. And we got into like an argument. He was like, No, Wham wrote it. So I'm going with Last Christmas, not wham or Glee, the Carly Ray Jepsen version.
2: I'm I don't think I'm familiar with any of these. I have to listen to them. That's good. Gives wow. me some Sad. listening homework. I was thinking about going Christmas because it's December now, but I'm actually not feeling quite. I'm not feeling good, obviously, for multiple reasons. So yeah, I feel like it'd be um, it's not right. I'm not like in the Christmas spirit mindset right now, so I can't do it yet. I'm gonna have some more in coming weeks. I'm actually gonna go with Elevator by Boxcar Racer, which uh, is a great side project band, and. There's a lyric at the end of that song that goes, let's forget this all, move on. And I think that is thematic for what the Eagles need to do. I'm not a big believer in like the let's burden the tape because no, you want to learn from your mistakes. But I think that this is a game they have to flush. They have to flush the 49ers game, whatever you got blown out, you got embarrassed, whatever. It doesn't matter in terms of, you now. you need to beat the Cowboys. So got to readjust the focus and do it quickly.
1: Live show coming later on this week. We will launch the, the show on the YouTube side of things um, early in the day. So if you want to go fill it up with questions ahead of time, yes, um, we'll share the link out on social um, probably around noon or something that day. Um, and then we'll get to those, obviously, once we start. Um, we start right when Thursday Night Football does at 8, 15 p.m. Eastern. So oh, counter, counter programming. <laughs> yeah. so you don't have to watch, what, Titans, Steelers? It's, no, that was last time. Uh, it's oh. Steelers, Patriots um oh, so yeah. did you not see the i know you want to leave but just quickly um everybody made fun of last week on thursday night football when they do the graphic that's like oh next week we have the ravens bengals and it has like lamar jackson and joe burrow um it had tj watt over the steelers and it had bill Belichick for the Patriots, and it was like how often does the head coach like they have no play like, no who else marketable else would you players who would that's you, what i'm who saying like, it, was, it was really funny
2: like if you um, had to put a player on there who would you put
1: Right now, um, Devontae Parker. Zappy. Devontae Parker. Zeke. Zeke. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So, um, wow. As we leave, Brandon, tell us your favorite color of Gatorade and why.
2: Uh, It's actually the strawberry flavor. So, like, a pink, pinkish color. It's great. Love it.